What's up, family? Welcome to the Pray Pair Podcast, where you are encouraged to pray and prepare for your God-destined outcome. I'm your host, Bernard Ruffin, and author of The Build Project. Here, we'll discuss everything from faith to family to finances. Be sure to follow me on Instagram or Twitter at PrayPair and the number one. And remember, preparation is key. Let's go. What's up, family? This is your boy, Bernard Ruffin, your big brother. Welcome to the Pray Pair Podcast. I'm solo again, but don't worry. We have some exciting guests coming up. Hey, I just want to go over a few things. Make sure you guys like and subscribe on my YouTube channel at Pray Pair. Make sure you check out my social media at Pray Pair and the number one on IG and on Twitter. And let's get started. Today is one of my favorite subjects. One of the things that I am most comfortable talking about. Finances. Money. Moolah. Like my mom used to say back in the day, yenum. That's money spelled backwards. Hey, I'm excited about finances. I'm excited about how God wants to work in our finances and I'm excited about what he's done for me and my family through our finances and being faithful to him through prepare. Remember, pray about it, prepare for it. So let's get started. The first thing I want you guys to understand and to know is God wants to be involved in your finances. He doesn't want to be involved to take from you though. He wants to help you. He wants to help me. He is excited when we bring everything to him, including our money, because he can tell us what to do with it, how to use it properly. So the first thing I want to talk about is tithing. Now, I am a firm believer in tithing. Some of you may cut this podcast short right now because you're like, listen, I'm not giving my money to no church. You don't give it to the church. You give it to God. You give it to a church that you that should do right by the money. And unfortunately, sometimes that does not happen. But you are being faithful to God with your tithe. This is between you and God. Now, your tithe is generally 10% of whatever you bring home or whatever you, uh, you bring in. Um, back in the day, they would tithe fruit. They would tithe animals. They would tithe whatever God gave them. They would give 10% back to God. So tithing is like the first thing, the most important thing in my family and our household. Um, so we make sure that we pay our tithes. Now, the thing about it is, and God revealed this to me, he asked 10% of you, but if you look in the Bible, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is about Joseph. And in Genesis 41, 25 through 36, and I'll be focusing on verse 34, which will kind of give you an idea of how God wants to give more to you than he's asking of you. Verse 34 says, let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. One-fifth of 100 is 
God wants to give you double or wants you to save double of what he's asking from you. So if he wants you to give him 10%, he wants you to save 20%. So that's where I came up with this um, this thing that we use in our family. And I actually got it from my pastor. He mentioned it in a sermon one Sunday, uh, kind of in passing. But he said 10, 20, 70. Tithe 10%, save 20%, live off of 70. Light bulb went off. That makes sense. Okay, okay. So I started implementing being more conscious of my tithing, being more conscious of my saving. And then the 70% that I had was always began to be more than enough. So focusing on verse 34 in Genesis 41, Joseph tells Pharaoh, save 20% of what comes in because a famine is coming, a hard time is coming, and you need to have something saved up so you won't it won't affect you like it affects others. Makes so much sense to me. So now with that being said, I know getting to the point of 10, 20, 70 takes steps. So one of the first steps, especially in saving, is um, save a thousand dollars. Now that requires probably some sacrifice and some creative ways. But if you save a thousand dollars for your emergency fund and e-fund, that goes a long way. And just to kind of put it in perspective, in a May 2022 article, 49% of Americans could not cover a expense of $400. A $400 expense. Some people right now probably are looking at a $400 bag, a $400 pair of shoes, a $400 jacket. But do you have an emergency fund with $1,000 that requires that you would need if you had a real emergency? Tires, expensive. Motor work, expensive. Uh, something happening in the house, it can be expensive. But if you have an emergency fund of $1,000 and that expense is $700, that's less worry. You spend the $700, replace the $700, and you go on about your day. It's inconvenient, but it's not a headache. So tithe 20%, save 20%. But you start your savings off small. Start somewhere small until you manage your, till you get your uh, finances in a ma more manageable way. And I am. This will be an ongoing subject, an ongoing topic, because finances are near and dear to me. That's one of those things where you feel like God wants you to do something, and something excites you when you start talking about it. It's finances for me. I want to see everybody comfortable financially and I think that's part of my ministry and my uh my calling to you to help people along this journey get more comfortable with their finances now the next thing you want to do the thing that that helped us 
was we started eliminating debt. My wife and I got married, and right after we said I do, let's look at a budget. We sat down. We created a, a spreadsheet. We put all of our expenses on it. We then tallied up all of our income, and then we looked at all the debts that were outstanding, credit cards, car notes, uh, any small bills that were laying around that you, for the most part, overlooked or you paid the minimum on the credit card, or you got this car note that that's probably way too much, but you know, you needed a car. Okay. So what we did was we looked at our expenses and we started knocking them out. We started from the smallest one. We completed that. Then we moved up to the next one. Then we moved up to the next one. And I am so glad to say right now, we have left my student loan and a mortgage. We have, we have been able to clear out credit cards, no car notes, praise report. She just got a letter from uh, her student loan. My wife is a teacher. I think we talked about that in, in her first podcast. But she just got a letter from her student loans forgiven. That's a shouting moment. I was in here shouting. I was in here saying, hey, and hallelujah. Couldn't wait to tell her about it. So I believe that was an example of God blessing us for being faithful to him. Now, some of you might disagree, but hey, I am a firm believer in putting something into my heavenly bank account. That's the best way I can put it. I put something, my wife, we put something as a, as a couple into our heavenly bank account, and then God rewards us. I believe that student loan elimination forgiveness was a reward. So we have gotten to the point, and I'm so glad to say that we're down to one student loan, my student loan, and a mortgage. Now, there are areas that you can identify within your household where you can start eliminating debt, becoming debt-free. Telling your money what to do. Tell your money what to do because your money only tells you what it did after it's done. Your money's looking like, well, I went to the store and bought the shoes. I went to the, to the mall and bought the jacket. But if you set up a budget, and, and you know what, guys? Let's start something. I don't even want to call it a budget. Let's call it a financial workout plan. Because once you start seeing that debt eliminated, it's like losing weight. You get you get more excited. You, you, you start thinking, yeah, I can do this. And that's why I say start at the smallest debt so you can feel an accomplishment pretty quick. Tally up those expenses. Tally up those debts. Start attacking them. Figure out a way that you can, that you can eliminate something to start tackling that debt. Some, hey, this is a sacrifice. It's a financial workout. You know, when you start working out, you have to stop eating certain things. You know, you have to implement some exercise. You know, you're in that exercise that may be walking, lifting weights, doing other things, going to the gym, working out at home, taking a walk on your lunch break. You know, when you start a workout plan, you have to implement some things and then you have to exclude some things. 
So it's the same with your finances. You're going to have to implement some things and exclude some things. And all of this is for a short while. My wife is in this uh, program where she ended up losing 40 pounds. And now she's on a maintenance diet. So she's just maintaining. But she's going back to enjoying some things that she had to put to the side for a while. And that's the same thing with your with your financial workout plan. I'm not saying cut this stuff out forever. I'm just saying cut back on it until you can get to the point where you're debt free and you can enjoy it without any other headaches or anything else over your head. So let's look at some areas that we can identify quickly that will uh, help you on this journey. Cell phones. How much is that cell phone bill? This is one of the first things that when I'm coaching someone, I ask them, how much is your cell phone bill? You would be amazed that some people still have one phone with a company that they've had this number with for years. So it's a loyalty and they're taking over a hundred dollars a month from them for a service that they can get for half price. I pick up my phone. I say, hello, the person on the other end speaks to me. I pick up my phone. I hit the little icon. I'm on the internet. I pick up my phone, I text my wife, but my bill is half of what some people are currently paying because of loyalty to that company. Not the company being loyal to you, you being loyal to the company. You can port that number over and get on a less expensive plan that will offer you the same thing you're pretty much paying for right now. And then you take that money and start applying that towards your debt. Look at those credit cards that you may have. I am not a big believer in credit cards. I don't have any. We don't have any. My wife and I don't have any credit cards. But if you do have credit cards, eliminate the balances on them. You can do that by just a few tweaks. Whatever that minimum monthly is, pay more than that. If you have more than one credit card, whichever one is has the lowest balance, knock it out and move on to the next. Because the one thing that, that I found out about credit card companies, they give you this credit for something that you probably couldn't pay for cash right then just to get cash back from you every month. They want the cash too. So you might as well Utilize your own cash to pay for what you want. Save it. So, yeah, your cell phone, take a look at that bill. Take a look at some other expenses around your house, in your home, and see what you can cut back on that you can use that money to start eliminating debt. Eating out. That's a big one. You know the price of food. Eggs? Don't go get breakfast. It's $100. But eating out is somewhere another area that you can cut back on momentarily during your financial workout so you can eliminate debt. And let me explain something to you. Some people, 
and my wife and I talk about this all the time. Some people have a savings account or money saved up. Let's just say they have $5,000 saved up, but they have three credit cards totaling $6,000. Technically, you're $1,000 in the hole. The $5,000 that you have, you just hold it on to their money because you've already said, I'm going to pay you this money. So that $5,000 you have in savings, you might as well give them four, save you $1,000 in your e-fund, and start eliminating that debt. Because whatever you have saved up is really their money that you haven't paid them yet. Simple. So finances excites me because I know what can be done with. When I first started this financial journey, I was making $261.25 a week. I went and paid my tithes the day I got paid. Because if I held on it for even 24 hours, I was going to spend it. So I know this works from a $261.25 a week paycheck to where I am now. My wife has seen it work. We've been together five years. And over the course of these five years, she's seen it work. She's seen the power of God over our finances for being faithful to him with our finances. Now, the last thing I'll talk about, this is for my my married couples. Um, my wife and I got married and we had a financial discussion. Like I said, we talked about everything from blended families, boundaries, um, and finances. So when we got married, we talked about our finances. And I just firmly believe that if you're married and God sees you as one, then your finances should be one. This works in our household. I'm not saying to do this. You guys, you talk about it in your house and see what works for you. But for us having a joint account where all of our money goes into, all of our expenses come out of, works for us. There's no hierarchy in our money. We have, our money is one in our household. So we have like I say, we have our money going in, we have our expenses going out, and then we give ourselves an allotment. So we have separate accounts that we transfer what we agreed upon that would be our discretionary income for us to spend on whatever we want to buy. Shoes, food, uh, clothes, a ticket to go, you know, to go to a, a concert with a friend. You know, but for the most part, 90, I would say 95% of our month of anything that we have an expense, the house pays for. I joke with my wife all the time. The house has way more money than you and I do individually. Let me repeat that. The house has way more money than you and I do individually. The house pays for everything. And then we allow ourselves a certain amount that we use for discretionary income that we get to, and you know, stop off and get you something to eat for lunch. Or I'm, I like shoes. She likes thrifting. Her money go, her allotment goes a lot further than mine does. But she gets to enjoy thrifting. We get a box every week from somebody from Amazon, 
We get boxes every week from thrifters and Amazon. Maybe. I won't even say every week. I mean like every two to three days. But she enjoys that. She uses her discretionary income to do that. Our entire house is her closet. But hey, that's what we set up in our household. It works for us. We enjoy it. And we, um, we're we we're testimony to what one looks like. So I encourage you guys to look at your finances. Write it all down. Begin a financial workout plan. This won't be our last discussion about it, but at least we can get this ball to roll and we can get it started because I am so excited to see what God is going to do in your life and what he's doing in our lives. We pray about it. We prepare for it. Hey, until next time, I am so excited to be with you guys this time. Uh, hopefully, the next time we'll have a special guest with us. But if not, you guys get to enjoy me once again. I plan on doing this for at least once a week so I can be faithful in what I'm doing. So, hey, guys, I love you. Remember, pray about it. Prepare for it. This is your big brother. Bernard Ruffin signing off. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Pray Pair Podcast. And I hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you. God is ready to do some amazing things in your life. And I'm praying that you receive all that he's destined for you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and YouTube. The best form of advertising is word of mouth. So tell a friend to listen in next time. And don't forget to get your copy of The Build Project from Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. The Pray Pair Podcast is a production of ABR Unlimited Inc. It's produced and edited by Bernard Ruffin. Artwork is done by Maisha Lewis. And I'm your host, Bernard Ruffin. Pray about it. Prepare for it.